The economic health of this nation has been... There are four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. Lack of a better word. Late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon. This week we got a special research-only show, and I don't know why this music is not fading, but what? it sounds really loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so today we've got Nick Antonucci and Jacob Keene, our two research analysts. We even brought along... Good old Morgan Sanchez, who's uh, interning with us this summer. Uh, it's good to have him here, and he's going to talk to us a little bit maybe today about a uh, dog of the week. But, um, guys, we got lots of information this week. We heard from the Fed. We've seen uh, uh, the market kind of recover from last week's uh, – I, what, what would you call that last Friday when uh, technology the tech got kicked off? around? Yeah, it, it got hurt. What yeah. was it, 5% in some of those cases, right? Yeah, at the uh, lows of the day, I think, you know, most of the FANG stocks were off around 5%. It was, it was pretty ugly. But, right. I mean, the, it did somewhat recover by the end of the day. Not not flat by any means, but definitely well off those lows. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about that later in the show. But uh, we, we uh, do note that even with a big sell-off like that, technology – Still leads the pack. Uh, market overall for the year, uh, we've got a positive return, 9.93%. We generally get around a, an average of 10.5% return in a year's time. Uh, so we're almost there. Can we just sell and go away? <laughs> I mean, we're past May now. You're too late. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah. we now have to wait you're, until you're Santa stuck Claus for the rally. Year. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. Are you finding her up to the chopper to head to the Hamptons? Uh, no. <laughs> That'd be a no. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to find the pretty interesting topic all to itself, though, how you see kind of volumes decline in the summer True. months. Yeah. True. Yeah, I think for yeah. that exact reason. Right. Uh, you even see it around locally. Traffic declines. Uh, you know, lots of things happen, especially when the economy is doing well. So uh, people, people get out and have a nice vacation. Uh, S&P 500 year-to-date, 9.93% information technology, almost double that, 18.79% on the year, even after a big sell-off. Health care following very closely behind, 13.65%. Utilities in a market that's up almost 10%. Utilities is the uh, third-ranked returner with slightly over 12%. That, to me, is... Pretty different. I think we're still having lots of follow-on. There's, uh, it's nearly impossible to find uh, yield. yield in, in uh, fixed right. income markets. People that uh, that really need that current income from uh, from their investments. And if you if you think about that, it, where most people's minds were going into 2017 were a transition um, out of utilities and a move into financials. As you know, we anticipated some Fed rate hikes, which we've gotten, yeah. um, but you haven't seen the yield curve steepen like a lot of people expected. So if you look at returns, um, you have financials, while positive, almost up almost 6%, 5.77%. They're the third worst performer. Right. Um, and then, as, as you mentioned, you have utilities up 12%. Because well, you... you I've, seen some, I've seen some interesting commentary recently where they're almost considering 
tech as a, a, a safe haven type trade in that you, you do have that secular growth. Sure. And there's concerns about what rates are going to do, how the economy is going to do. But, we, but at the end of the day, you know that it, it's like I was telling you guys the other day that Apple and Microsoft and those companies are going to be around and, and growing. So it, you, you see healthcare and utilities there, you know, typically defensive type names. Up at the top with tech, so yeah. it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, and that utility trade again, you know, it's current income. When we talk about that, we're talking about the dividend yield, uh, dividends that seem, you know, relative, relatively stable. Obviously, if we're investing in a dividend-paying stock for uh, the purposes of receiving that dividend, we make sure that uh, uh, earnings cover the dividend payout very well. So um, in utilities, what can you get? Like three and a half to four and a half percent right now? Yeah, roughly. Uh, which is well above uh, some of the uh, fixed income yields you can shorter, get. For sure. Definitely yeah. the shorter term fixed income yields. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what do we got on a five year? Um, I think what's the treasury? Ten-year treasury. The ten years at two one six this yeah, morning. It got down to two eleven uh, right. a day or two ago. Yeah, so that's supposedly taking no default risk. You're getting two point one four. You can obviously equities have uh, they don't have any uh, promise to pay you anything, unlike a bond where it's a contract that the company issuing that bond borrowing the money from investors. Uh, sure. You know they they have a, a legal obligation to pay you back, so there's there's a bit more risk. Uh, Absolutely, in those equities, but at the but same time, you can do your research and find those those dividend-paying stocks that, without being certain, you feel pretty confident yeah. that you're going to receive that dividend every quarter or semi-annually, right. depending on you know yeah. how they pay it. Right. Back in 2001, we wouldn't have been so sure. We had uh, right. Enron going on, and and that hit a lot of uh, utilities, but. Since that time, I think most of those utility companies have moved away from any of their non-regulated businesses, which is where Enron got into trouble. Uh, they don't have uh, much in the way of trading as far as a percentage of their overall earnings. Uh, it's a relatively safe spot. Right. So um, anyway, uh, utilities doing well, even in a time when the market's, uh, market's up almost 10 percent in just a, a bit less than six months. Um, from the economy, we've got wholesale trade out this week. It looks like inventories took a pretty big step backwards in April, uh, and they say they may remain a drag on output in the second quarter. That was one of the things that the Fed talked about, right? Right, right, right. Uh, producer price index. This is uh, prices for the inputs of our uh, our finished goods ultimately first of two inflation rings that we got for the week right uh cooled in may so inflation's pulled back a little bit yeah um, it was flat and that's what was expected um consensus expectation was for no change so not not a huge shock there we had uh, final demand goods prices fell 0.5 percent in may reversing all of april's gains we saw ppi for food down 0.2 percent um, and energy was down three percent so you're seeing that decline in, in oil prices trickle through into PPI, CPI. Right, yeah. So while we're on the subject, what about CPI? Uh, we're below the target rate, right? 1.9%. Uh, yeah, if you're looking at headline 1.9, core 1.7%, so that's and, stripping out food and energy. Right. So uh, all things considered, we've got uh, inflation that seems to be pulling back, and what does the Fed do? FOMC um, monetary policy, we get right. 25 basis points, quarter of a percent added. And uh, we were talking about fixed income. The reaction yesterday when uh, when we see um, the Fed 
hike rates, stocks went down a little bit and came back. Came back a little up. bit. Right. They 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 fell on the news, and then we saw uh, a uh, increase 25 basis points. If you look at the the uh, U.S. aggregate bond index, uh, you wouldn't normally see uh, yields decline when you're having the Fed right. rate increase, hiking, yeah. right. hiking rates. So uh, obviously the Fed is is uh, positive on the economy. Probably the biggest news out of that was uh, the fact that they're talking about how they'll unwind the balance sheet and that we should see some of that start this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking about maybe early next year, I think when the year started, earlier in 2017. So now uh, we're starting to see some, some discussion as to how we will uh, – uh, will reduce the the uh, bonds that were bought during quantitative easing. I, I think um, it's also coming off. I was talking about inflation. I think it's interesting to talk about the, the Fed's dual mandate. You have you know unemployment and, and inflation, the two focal points, right? right? You have inflation that even on the Fed's PCE, they don't look at consumer price index, but the PCE is 1.7. So even that has fallen back below their two percent target, um, which. I think they said yesterday they expect that to be, you know, short-lived and, and over the medium term, we'll, medium term, we'll see it return to that two percent yeah, level. So but then you there also is look forecast at, in this, right? They're, they're sure. Looking, I sure. think I, I think one of the things that was interesting though is following the last rate hike, we actually saw the financial conditions ease right. um, as a whole. So I think yeah. they're looking at that aspect and taking into consideration the fact that. We are starting from a level that we hadn't been before, and we're trying to get back to normal. It's not really a, a matter of trying to cool off the economy as it is, just get back to a normal level. And yeah, with a normal what level of interest rates. You're right. And, right and, and with what uh, they're mentioning about unwinding the potentially unwinding the balance sheet starting in September, I think that's going to give them uh, the ability to affect the shape of the curve in a way that they haven't been able to before, and that they can kind of elect – uh, what maturity they want to sell. So if they wanted to start rolling off some of their longer dated bonds to start yeah. with, that would pressure the longer end of the curve and you know maybe give them a little more ability to move both ends of the curve, not just the short end, but the long end as well. Yeah, while you're talking about that, we did have a slight flattening this week. Uh, if you look at the two versus the 10-year Treasury note, uh, two-year raised uh, five basis points. The 10-year was up two basis points. We're talking tiny moves. But it all has an effect over the long term. Week to week, you know, the moves are minor. But uh, Three basis points every week or something in that range, it adds up. Yeah, it, it surely does. Um, all right, guys, we did leave off some of our economic information. Nick, you want to lead us through? We got uh, retail sales, which is always uh, really important with a, a consumer-based economy as ours. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, saw it fall in May, which was somewhat expected. Uh, gasoline prices were the major contributor. Sales fell 0.3%. Um, they had risen 0.4% in April, uh, so had a solid showing in April, but uh, obviously reversing the trend here. In May, gasoline station sales fell 2.4%. Again, this relates back to the same thing we were talking about when we saw energy, uh, a big uh, detractor from CPI, the fallen oil prices. Yeah. Right. You take away non-store retailers and uh, several other segments, you wind up, and, and gasoline stations 
auto dealers as well, and you wind up with an unchanged situation month over month. And so retail, well. just retail in general, obviously it's been in the focus, I feel like, all of this year, if not longer, yeah, yeah. especially as Amazon and, and online a, retailing. Right. There's something going on secularly in, in retail. I mean, we talk about it frequently on the show, technology, especially Amazon and any other electronic uh, it, commerce is uh, is the leading sure. way that consumers are, are using And if you just, just look at this release, non-store retailers posted higher sales growing 11% in the last three months compared to the same period a year ago. So all of the growth there is coming from non-store, you know, online. Yeah. Uh, I did tease it a little bit uh, last segment. Uh, jobless claims uh, continue their descent. So uh, the employment situation still getting better as we go. Um, Long-run unemployment rate is uh, bumped from uh, 4.7 down to 4.6%. One of the things that we've been watching closely is the um, uh, the labor participation rate. We've seen it bump up a little bit lately, but it's still not breaking any records. Uh, Where are we at with unemployment, like 4.47? Yeah. Uh, well, no, 4.6. Well, it, it moved six, from 4.7 yeah. yeah. down to 4.6%. We usually think around 5% is a full that, That's the estimate for long-term. I think we're even lower than that. That's the <clears throat> Fed's estimate for well, the long-term the, unemployment rate. The Fed rate. actually lately has talked about maybe a 2%. We're at 4.3 unemployment right now. Yeah, that's the thing is – Something is different in the in the economy now as it pertains to the labor situation for sure. I mean, if you're estimating the long-term rate at 4.7, 4.6, we're currently at 4.3% right now on employment rate. Yeah. And it seems like there's still a labor shortage. At least right. you're, you're hearing anecdotal evidence of that. Yeah, uh, the uh, the monthly jobs reports have been pretty strong lately. Uh, we had a little bit of a dip last month, right? Uh, but yeah. all things considered, uh, we're still – Having uh, jobs created uh, in excess of uh, of the uh, increase in our population, so you know all things considered, again, employment situation looks pretty strong. Uh, industrial production rose in April as well. Um, capacity utilization is uh, up 0.6 percent, uh, and uh, I mean, anytime you have industrial production or manufacturing, they they tend to uh, uh, show positive benefits for the for the uh, gross domestic product overall. Right. So uh, there you have it, guys. I think that's probably sufficient for our economic information. Uh, we've got some listener questions, and uh, if you should have a question, you can always reach us at 770-429-9166. You can talk to a live person and ask your question. Uh, we also have a uh, recording line. If you uh, don't wish to speak to a human being, you can call 1-855-429-9166. Leave your recorded message. We play it on the air. Answer the question that you leave. Uh, you can also reach us uh, via email, drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. Dot com. Uh, if you just want to Google us, you can go to our website. You can find us on uh, various uh, social media. Again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, and uh, you should be able to figure out exactly how to get in touch. Well, guys, we've got plenty of other information we could talk about. I think it probably covers most of it. Jobless claims we had. It's a weekly number. Uh, nothing major out of that. But uh, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back with a dog of the week and uh, answer some questions that we've gotten. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around.
All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.